to Free Game, the Willpower Producer Podcast. My name is Brian Andre with the homeboy Willpower. What's up, baby? What's good, man? Man, just chilling, man. Happy to be here today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's an yeah. honor and a privilege to do this podcast, giving free game to the young and up-and-coming musicians, producers, artists, managers, songwriters, songwriters. Yeah. yeah, man. Everybody, man. It's, it's really dope, man, because um, our vision is starting to kind of expand. You no know? doubt. Um, I, I want to say proudly, man, you know, that we tripled our numbers this week as far as like our listeners and, yes, sir. you know, the retweets and the subscriptions. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, big shout out to Big Crit for coming on the show last week, man. And like, My man. he completely like made the whole thing happen, man. You and it was a dope interview too, man. We it got was, a chance to, to hear more about him as a producer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which, doesn't get talked about a whole lot. It doesn't get talked about and it, you know, I I I think it's awesome when someone is as talented as he is and can finally be noticed for it, you know, and and, you know, we just did a small part in that. But the truth is, you know, like the the rhythm roulette and then of course his own discography speaks for itself. You know, Mm -hmm. so I just think that I'm just glad we were able to be able to get in on the ground level of people recognizing who he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So major shout out to Big Crit. You Big know, shout yeah. out to Big Crit. Yeah, for sure. Yes, man. sir. But yeah, man. Uh, this past week, man, uh, you was doing some 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 good things, man. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, speaking of Big Crit, man, you know what I'm saying he's the homie, man, and me and him are doing uh, some things together. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We're working and producing records together. We're actually uh, building. You know some uh, some opportunities together. Is it like the, the kind of multi thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's okay. doing he's doing multi. It's not really okay. my place to kind of put it out there what he's on right now, okay. but I will say you know what I'm saying I'm working closely with him, and when he's ready okay. to Talk make an it. announcement or, okay. or do whatever he's doing, I you know I, I will certainly support it at that point. But nice. right now, man, we're just kind of moving around and getting things done, man. And uh, you know we we did some really big things this week. We went in with uh, Rick Ross. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, which is crazy, man. You know, uh, nice. for me, I was just really trying not to fan out too much in the situation. Of course, man. But I've been blessed, man, to be in the room with somebody of such uh, greatness as far as hip hop is concerned, and like yeah. the culture, moving the culture forward. So. Well, it's funny. We were talking about you working with Game a few weeks back and yeah. Rick Ross. To me, those two artists, Game and Rick Ross, Ain't they picked the best beats. Yeah. As, in my opinion, as I far as so. rappers go, they do a great job of selecting beats. So to have a dope producer like you in the studio with them, yeah. it's like, okay. Well, you know, I'm just really trying to find my place, man, because what I've been doing and, and what I continue to do is listen to what Game has done and listen to what Rick Ross has done. And there's a slew of amazing producers mm-hmm. that have been involved. So all I have to do is just continue to keep working my chops and making sure that yeah. I'm, a, you know, I'm on that level, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's funny, man. You know, we, we're in there working with Rick Ross. We're getting, you know, getting the find, kind of getting a feel for what's going on and all kinds of things are coming on the timeline. It looks like Rick Ross might even be uh, executive producing Nas' stuff. Yeah. You know, that's not an official thing. I don't know. Right. I don't know if it's an official real thing, but how cool would that be, man, if he's really the one behind the Nas project? And let me just say this yeah. too. I'm trying to figure out a good way to say this, man. A good listen. It's okay. Way to it's say a producer it. podcast, well, bro. Well, Nas well, needs somebody to pick them beats, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of my favorites too. But it just seems like he has good albums, but it's just not the album where just all the beats are on point. Yeah, like, well, I mean, he's such an amazing lyricist, man. You know, sometimes maybe that's just the thing. Like maybe his his strong point. Well, certainly his strong point is. You know the level of rhymes and skill set, and and just his ability to tell stories. We talking about Nas, so yeah. the beats don't necessarily matter, but it would be really cool, man, for him to get one of those classically uh, front to back produced projects to go along with the classically written side of it, because he's had some ex- amazing. I mean, moments. even his last album, Life Is Good, was dope. Yeah, um, I think Salam. Uh, Salam was on there. I want to say um, he produced a lot of dope records. So it was a dope album. The homies was on there too, though. Um, the Justice League, man, like they, oh, of course. they, they, they did, they did the intro. Oh yeah, yeah. amazing, amazing, right? Amazing See, so intro. I mean, it was that was probably one of his better albums, right? But I mean, just to me, like I said, Rick Ross, the game. Yeah, they, but he had some great moments, man. Because I ain't gonna lie, as, as crazy as his record was, man, Uchi Wallet was my, was my jam, brother. Yeah, I, I think that was his his posse album. With his uh, what was the name of that? He had a little label back then. I forget the name of it, man. But 
Yeah. I uh, mean, we 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 digress. <laughs> no, but again, Nas is one of the greatest, man. He has some dope albums. I just think that like he's one of them rappers where it's just like, oh uh, man, if he just because he, well, he's listen, worked with Pharrell, but he's worked with Dre, but as far as still, one project, like, yeah. And well, even at the end of the day, we all know that just because the producer has a, a ill name or ill uh, catalog doesn't necessarily mean you pick the right beat out of their catalog. So exactly. I'm hoping that. You know, I'm hoping that it's true that Rick Ross is because I I agree with you. I think that Rick Ross might be one of the uh, coldest B&Rs in the business. So yeah. every one of his albums are just jamming front to back to me. So and let me say that this is a, a, a random tangent. I got to look this up. I think they say Khaled A&R is a lot of Rick Ross albums. He might, he might, man. Khaled's really dope. He might be the one. Though. He might be the plug. It, it don't matter. <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, whoever you got to give credit to on it, it is what it is. But I do, I do understand if that's not a rumor, if it's a true fact. You know what I'm saying? I get why. You know what I'm saying? Which you know, congrats to both of them, man. You know, I really hope the Nas's album is incredible, and and I also hope that you know what I'm saying. Well, his legacy is solidified at this point in the game. I think that you just kind of just stacking up your numbers at this point. You already Hall of Fame career. You already are one of the greatest to ever right, do it. Right. So you just kind of padding your numbers. But anyway, let's let's. Uh, uh, move on a little bit here. We want to talk about um, uh, music publishing, I believe, this, yeah. this episode, because a lot of people, uh, you know, are ignorant about music publishing. We talk right. about stuff like streaming every week, you right? Know, and we always use this term. I use I use the term residual income, which is like foreign to music, but really, I'm talking about publishing and royalties and things like that. So right. I kind of wanted to dive into that. So, from your perspective, willpower, what is uh, music publishing? From your perspective, all right. So, music publishing—not even really from my perspective on this particular thing—but music publishing is—it's really a simple thing. It's basically, um, it's the way that writers, songwriters, and composers get their money. You know what I'm saying? A publisher is a person that ensures how they get their money. Okay. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? So basically. Um, you know, if you write a song and uh, it's used commercially for anything, nine times out of a, nine times out of ten, a publisher is, uh, you know, hired to go and collect, collect your money, money for you. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, in some situations, you know, some people do, like you might write a song and not have a publisher. Well, you can go collect your money, but the truth is, you know, you're probably not going to find all your money because you just don't know that's not your job yeah that's what you hire publishing companies for right so in in a lot of situations um that's the the plus of having a publishing company or a publisher okay because that's their job they're skilled in that facet to be able to go and collect for you um a lot of people get it confused though a publishing company is not the same as a uh, performance rights organization. Okay. Which is ASCAP, CSAC, and BMI. BMI yeah. Too many times have I been in conversations with people and they say, yeah, man, my publishing company, ASCAP, or my publishing company, BMI, that's not your publishing company. They're a performance rights organization. Okay. And basically what they do is um, they collect royalties for you. They collect royalties that are generated on radio, television, and live shows. Gotcha. And that's pretty much it. They don't even collect for you online. There's another company that's been formed for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I can't remember the name of the company right now. We'll get into that later. But for the moment... Um, yeah, they don't collect for that. And they also Sound exchange, right? Sound exchange, exchange yeah. yes. Um, I'm not detailed enough to be able to speak on sound exchange yet, so I won't I don't want to confuse our listeners, but but yeah, performance rights organizations such as CSAC, ASCAP, and um BMI and BMI, they collect for you uh, on monies on royalties generated from radio, television, and live shows. All right, so that's cool. Now uh, those are performance royalties. All right, so that's not the same as mechanical royalties. Break it down. Mechanical royalties are um, from the manufacturing of CDs, mm-hmm. um, you know, downloads and streaming. 
Okay. So basically, uh, if if I could put it in layman's terms, I would say the tangibles. Gotcha. So much, even though we know that streaming, streaming is intangible, yeah. but there that's the that's the dilemma that we, we keep having every time we talk today. on the show. Right, we yeah. talk about streaming and how confusing it is. You know what I'm saying? And so that's part of what I'm talking about, though. You know, mm-hmm. so but your performance rights organizations do not collect on your mechanicals. Gotcha. Royalties. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? They collect on the radio, TV, and live, but they do not collect on your physical CDs, your downloads, and your streaming. You see what I'm saying? And where the pu- publishing companies come in is they collect on all of that stuff for you, you know, and they help you, uh, you know, receive what's been generated gotcha. commercially for you. Gotcha. All right. So. And, and the details are, you know, it could get really complicated as far as details are concerned. But the the gist of it is, you know what I'm saying? You have all of these ways of collecting money. And that's what these, these um, you know, organizations, uh, organizations or um, businesses or companies are there to help you do. Now, the thing is, you know, with publishing, a lot of times uh, what the reason they collect for you is because they take some of it. Like they, you know, and it's a service. So in in exchange for the service, they get some of the publishing. And it may may be beneficial because if you did it on your own, you would have came up with a lot less anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's really no way to collect it all unless you're connected to someone who can, uh, you know, facilitate that for you. You're not going to be able to find it all. There are companies out here who, um, like with a publishing company, for instance, uh, sometimes people do publishing deals where, like in my case, you know, I did a 50-50 publishing deal, which means, you know, they shop for me. They um, they try to get placements for me. Excuse me. And they collect for me. But uh, there are there are companies like sometimes a publishing deal could also be just an administration deal, mm-hmm. which means the only thing they do for you. At a smaller for a smaller percentage of your publishing, is they go out and do all the collecting for you. Yeah, and make them want to hustle harder, probably. And well, it makes them hustle hard because of the collection. But the only downside to that is they normally don't work to put you in position for those types of situations. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Now, and I could be wrong. Some administrative companies may do that as well. I don't know, but normally they have, the, they have the rights for a limited amount of time. Uh, It all depends on your contract. Like you could end up with uh, uh, the way uh, publishing deals work is terms as well as commitments. Okay. Uh, So you got to meet a certain amount of songs, you know. Before it's over. Yeah. So, you know, in order to finish out your agreed commitment to them, you have to meet uh, a certain number of songs as far as like uh, however many songs they say. You need to turn in for commercial release. Okay. Um, but uh, that gets complicated as well. What we'll try to do for the show here in the future is get an actual publisher on here mm-hmm. or someone who truly understands the ins and outs of it so that, you know, we can take it beyond, uh, you know, what I'm speaking of today and just maybe put it even into more layman's terms so people can understand it even better. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on it you know what i'm saying because i feel like a lot of times people are confused about what it is you know okay uh you know more people don't have publishing deals than do and so many people believe that there's this magical force out here that's just gonna collect this money for them and like yeah you know magical force. too many times yeah well it kind of uh begs the question you know i know in future episodes we're going to talk a little bit more about um where music is going we talk about streaming a, a whole lot and we know music is going towards that you know uh it was an article we don't have time to discuss it today saying that there's a rumor about i don't even want to get into it too much but downloads and physical sales are kind of going away and yeah. so having a good knowledge on publishing and other ways to make money is important so what would, what would you say to like artists that are coming up in the game now in an era where music sales may not be as prevalent well my my personal opinion about about money in the music business is outside of your craft you know you 
most certainly need to understand how you're going to get paid. Mm -hmm. You know, it helps in your ability to negotiate. It helps in your ability to know what is worth to you. You know what I'm saying? Because um, it's confusing. You know, if you have no idea what you were entitled to, how do you negotiate what you're supposed to get? That's how come so many people end up in bad deals and situations end up, uh, you know, misconstrued as to what it is. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I've been in situations where my publishing was really wrapped up in a bad way. And I've also been in situations as a record producer where I got blamed for publishing being wrapped up in a bad way. And it's like it wasn't, you know... In, in either situation, it was it was neither. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. It was all based on what I knew and how I negotiated it to be. You know what I mean? So, um, publishing is not a monster. You know, it's not. I understand it. Yeah, and so many people, you know, look at it in a bad way. You know what I mean? And but it's it's something that again, you know, with with revenues in certain areas, traditional areas going away. You need to know about, you know, licensing your music, performance rights. Yeah, syncing, syncing your music, finding other ways for it to earn, you know, revenue. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it. But I think that too many people run away from it because they're afraid that it has, I guess because they feel it has legal jargon in it. It doesn't, you know. It's, yeah. it's a simple process. You just have to work at understanding what it is because it's nothing worse than doing something and not knowing what your potential what your earning potential is you know and we we have a great guest on the show today that's gonna get into that you know and it's, oh yeah it was amazing to hear him speak about um publishing and how you know s- certain things weren't mentioned when they first when he first got into right, the record right, business right. and how it turns into a whole nother record business on you right and what it's doing is it's setting precedence for me and others all of us actually is setting precedence for all of us to know that the business, even though we may not know 20 years from now, there may be some other known force or some other known way to get music out that we just cannot foresee. Because trust me, if you was in the 90s and the 80s doing music, there's no way you would ever know yeah. that we would be able to pass music along through an email on a mp3 or a stream or what and i don't want to steal his thunder but even i think he even mentioned it in an interview which we'll get to in a, in a minute like a lot of times these legal words are put in there like to say yeah. any in, any revenue or any means right you know right. and these lawyers can kind of figure out a way to to fit unknown technology like any future technologies you know exactly in there so right. it's kind of weird but well, so, you know, since we're talking about it, you know, we can't keep continue to, to refer to this legend as he and him. Well, if you read, if you listen to it, you see it on the thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. We, we have the legendary Lord, Lord Finesse. Finesse joining us today on our show. And for anybody who's in hip hop and urban music, you know who this guy is and you know what his contribution to uh, urban music has been in the last 27 years. Yeah, and you know he he opens up to us on this show, and lets us know, you know, some insight mm-hmm. on things that you know, even even me being in this business, you know, my little fifteen to twenty years, I'm like, yo, I got a, I got gems out of this one. Yeah. So we're gonna take a little beat break, and when yeah. we come back, we're gonna have. Lord Finesse. Lord Finesse. And let me just, you know, make sure I kind of run some stuff down. Yeah, you know? let us know who he is. Lord Lord let Finesse, everybody know who legendary, he is. Legendary, you know, came up with a, a DITC, the Digging in the Craze crew. Yeah. With uh, him, Fat Joe, uh, Diamond D. Yes. Um, OC, Buckwild, Showbiz and AG, Big L. Right. Uh, he discovered Big L. We kind of get into that mm. too, which is my favorite MC of all time, by the way. Yes. And I mean, he, you know, produced uh, um, on for, for Notorious B.I.G., North with Big Pun, Capone and Noriega. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, even in Dr. Dre, Crown of 2001, you know, he did the, the legendary message song with, with Mary J. Blige. So, Man. I mean, he has an extensive, extensive history, history, definitely a hip-hop legend. And, uh, you know, it's a blessing to uh, be able to 
interviewer. So I hope y'all enjoy it and get something good out of it. Let us know, man. Comment, you know, share it to all your friends. Yeah. And, uh, just, you know, rock with it. Yeah. So are we going to jump into this beat break? And when we get back, we got Lord Finesse. Yes, sir. Holler. First question is, we want to kind of get back to your origins of uh, producing music. Uh, looking at your discography, you know, we the first thing I found on you was, uh, you know, you did the album with uh, Mike Smooth and I, you know, DJ Premier and Diamond D kind of did a lot of production on that. And then, right. la- and then later on, we see that you, you know, became a legendary producer yourself. So, what made you want to get into production? Was it, you know, studying under DJ Premier, Diamond D? Like, uh, what is your, your your like origins for producing music? It's definitely a, a part of all of the following you said. Um, I think more so being around. Um, I just love music altogether. I think the second album was more me uh, becoming a producer because people was giving me beats. I mean, some of them was done. Some of the stuff was just loops. Some it was just a lot of work, a lot of hands-on work I had to do. And I think, uh, you know, thank God I had Jazzy J. He was there as a mentor. Nice. You know, showing me how to to to, to put things together. <clears throat> I think when I finally uh, brought a SP twelve hundred, it all it that was like the glue to everything. I started just realizing a lot of everything. I mean, I was around people like Show from Show and AG and mm-hmm. and Premier mm-hmm. and Large mm-hmm. Professor. So um, what wound up happening is that, you know, I learned a lot of things that I wasn't able to apply because I didn't have a machine. Right, right. Uh, So once I got a 950 and a 1200, it all came into play. A lot of things, you know, a lot of things um, that I was seeing, it just all made sense. And it was just like, wow, especially with Lars Professor. Mm Mm-hmm because I used to be around him a lot and just sit there and watch him operate, you know, SP-1200. Okay. He used to do things like, yo, Ness, man, you know, you know what snare this is? He would hit a snare and I would go, nah, I don't don't know what that is. He would hit another snare, you know what that is? It's like, nah, once I I got into, once I got my machine and I started really getting into record collecting, it all, it just made sense. Everything they showed me from filtering, time stretching, everything made so much sense that, um, you know, when I'm listening to certain records and I'm hearing snares and certain things and I was smiling because I, I knew what Large was telling me at that time. Oh, this yeah. was the snare used or, or this was that or, you know, so yeah, I learned very hands-on, very observant. And it just—it all just manifests at the end of the day. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I think that uh, that's a that, that's a crazy concept. You know what I'm saying? Like you were you started out in a situation where you had these ideas that you wanted to get out, and you're around such you know great people to show you that, and then it it just came natural. So I think I, I think that's really dope, man. So um, you know, like when you when you start producing, you know what I'm saying? What is your approach? Like how do you go about you know making albums and getting into creating songs for people well i think when when it comes to me working with artists they got to kind of give me a direction of what they want you know yeah i love artists you know i'm glad you said that word artist because people really don't know what artist what an artist is right right you know a producer and an artist is like, that's what creates the magic because you somewhat got a, a destination, a direction of which you, where you want me to go with the music. And I'm only fulfilling what you're bringing to me. Right, right. So that's where the magic comes in because I don't like that beat tape thing. Man. Yo, be a beat tape. Yo, what, what you want? Play me something hot. Right. No, no, my hot and your hot might be two different hots. Right. Absolutely, brother. You know, that's just too vague of a description. Right. Nice. You know, I like when 
you know, you can give me a definition. Oh, I got an idea, and an idea goes like this. Or I was writing a song, and it goes like this. Or even if you somewhat tells me, you tell me what you like currently in the status. Not you tell me to copy it. Right. But tell me what you like about it. Right. Yeah, that, like, yeah. That comes that... the magic, you know? But when you have to do this beat tape stuff, man, it's, it's corny. Right. Because... Yeah. What I'm putting on CD is what I think you might like. Right, right. Not currently sure. I'm just knowing this is hot and I think you might like it. And sometimes you run into a lot of artists that go, yo, that's hot, but it's not for me. Right. And that and that, that seems to take away the whole concept of being a producer in the situation. You know, like when you just sending in beats and you never got an opportunity to actually work with the artist and figure out what it was that could be magic. And you just send in a beat and they looking for that. That takes away the whole process of being a producer as far as I'm concerned. Right, because... Just because it's not on that beat CD or it's not being presented to you at that time, Pacific time, doesn't mean I don't have what you're looking for. Right. It's just not on me at the time. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Sometimes I sit here with artists and, and I'm playing music and they go, yo, that's crazy. And it's, it's something that I might even, that's what you wanted? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> you know, it's not that what I'm playing is whack it's just like I ain't know that was your taste right right yeah so taste. it opens me up and go okay I know where you're going now yeah now you can let me do what I do right because I kind of get where you I got what you want right Right. You know, that, that, that BCD thing is just corny. And plus, you're not a producer. You're a beat maker. Let's get it clear, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right on that, brother. Nice. Well, this is a, a good segue to one of the questions that I wanted to ask. Uh, we talk about production and, and working with artists and the magic between a producer and an artist. Now, for me, one of the reasons I was excited about the interview was because my favorite rapper of all time is Big L hands down that's my personal favorite so uh could you talk a little bit about uh you know hooking up with big l discovering him and the magic that you all had together in the studio and how that can still translate you know some 20 years later wow i mean i was like a protege and that's what people don't understand mm -hmm. it wasn't just he got on it was a it was a quite a journey you know mm -hmm. right yeah it seemed like forever at the time, and then when it happened, it just it just it went fast. Right. But um, I discovered L doing a doing an autograph record signing, you know, and he came in the store with his boy, and he was just adamant about rhyming for me. And me, I was just like, yeah, all right, I, I hear everybody, so it's a whatever, you know. Talk to my manager, and it was just like, nah. He was just like, yo, man, I rhyme for you, and you don't like me. I won't even bother you no more. So it was like, damn, okay, <laughs> rhyme, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, when he rhymed, he was just well. He was well. Um, he was well groomed for uh, lyrically for. Uh, a person that's rhyming at 16, 17 years old, mm -hmm. you know, and I seen that. And that's another thing about, you know, being a producer. A producer should be able to hear something from pure potential and raw ingredients. Right. You know, right. so when you're listening for artists, you got to know if you could take that artist to the next level. Yep. Yep. It's not just about them rhyming on some beats. What do you feel? You know, it's like you're like a producer slash A&R slash visionary. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you have to be able to see, like, this artist got potential, I feel. And it's not just all you, you know, people think, oh, I have to do the whole album. No, you don't. Right. You know, I just feel that if you got resources and, and connections like okay if i get one from show let me get maybe two from premiere hey man let me reach out to rockwiler well i'm cool with jake one let me get one from him it's about you making this beautiful collage of music right absolutely so you like the executive producer as well as the producer when you get an artist from scratch right so with l I was just blessed to be around show because I was still learning how to do production. I I was nowhere near there. And, and I think 
you know, it gave me enough time to learn what I needed to learn before I even did um, stuff on the Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous album. Yeah, that particular album, I was, uh, I think, 14 or 15 when it came out, and you know, nice. I, I played that over and over and over and over again. And Those were like my very first beats. Nice. Wow, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, MVP. Very, very, very first beats. Like, it wasn't like I was groomed and I was working with all these dudes. No, that L was like the first, one of the first. Wow, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty dope. That's dope, man. So when you listening to those beats, those are some of my first beats. So when I'm playing these beats, right, you know, I'm, I'm like, yo, man, I got this beat tape. I just want you to check it out and, and tell me what you think. And, you know, they listen and go, this is hot. Who did this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I did that. You know, that's what I'm nah, talking about. You ain't, you ain't been producing. Now you're doing stuff like, nah, I'm like, nah, I did that. So from that point on, it was like I felt I had something. Right. Because I'm, you know, I'm taking a survey. And I'm not saying, yo, these are my beats. Tell me, you know, like, like I'm just taking a survey, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, you're, you're testing the room. You're just trying to see. see right, if, I'm trying to see if I'm good enough. Right, right, right. It well, wasn't even about these was dope. Check this out. Nah, listen to them. I want to know if I'm. But the response told me I was good enough. Right. Right. So, you know, without them even saying, yo, you good enough. No, the, what? Who? This is crazy. Yo. Right. right. Oh, okay. I got something here, you know. Now, that's and- a, that's amazing, man. That's 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 those are jewels, man, for our listeners, man, because, you know, a lot of these young producers, they, they still haven't mastered the art of reading the room. You know what I'm saying? And knowing when when to stop when not to stop you know you get in a situation where you're playing beats for somebody you got this big moment in your life where you're getting ready to say you get a chance to play a beat for rick ross and you ain't moving the room but you don't know when to cut the tape off you know what i'm saying or you're not right you're not, you're not well, in- but you gotta understand most dudes come in there with their own entourage right and right they come in with the hype center right yo you gonna play that right. oh my gosh this is it you yeah, know right so you're not really getting the a truth. honest, right? A honest <laughs> critique. Yes, sir. Because your boys is overriding. They riding the room. Right. Oh, you don't like this? This is crazy, son. You bugging? They like damn near making somebody pick a beat. You know, instead of somebody saying, "Yo, this is crazy," and them judging for themselves. Another thing, one of the the most important jewels that I tell new producers is, what's your sound? Hmm. What's your signature? If you enter the game and you happen to be fortunate enough or blessed, what can you provide to this game that they can't get from nobody else? Just Hmm. you. Right. What's your sound? What's your style? Right. Forget what's going on right now. Forget what's on the radio. What are you going to bring to the game that's going to change the game? Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Because, listen, I check out, man, when people play me beats that are too relevant. You know what I mean? Like, when, I, when I'm when i checking out people's stuff or doing a critique or something on that level, man, you know, if if it's not one of the originators of a sound for me, I check out. I'm, You know, because I already know that this person doesn't understand the value of having their own, uh, you know, their own uniqueness or having, like you said, you know, that that one thing that makes them special. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that checks out when I, when I'm in a situation like that. You know, I, I can always tell when somebody is just, um, you know, being a copycat record producer and not really stepping right. out there. Or, or I should take that back, a copycat beat maker, because you can't even get to that level until you find that special place that you can call your own in your record production, you know? I always mm-hmm. tell people to come with a formula that's you. Yeah. That nobody can do but you. That's brilliant. Don't have to be no weird spaced out stuff, but it got to have your signature to right, it. Right, right. It got to be something that's going to be incre- in, increasingly hard for somebody to duplicate and patent because you got such a grasp on this style. Right. You know, one of my things I tell people is bugged out. You know, I use just regular stuff. You know, once you patent something, you know, like when when I look at um these uh kits, these sound kits are good. Right. If you're gonna use them, how they best benefit you, and not how everybody else gonna use them. Right. Yeah. 
you know, because you basically got all the ingredients everybody else got. Right. So what's going to make your cake seem that much different? Mm, absolutely. Mm. Especially if you're using too much of the ingredients. Right. And none of the ingredients is mainly your ingredients. Uh, it's like a patent. I tell people a patent is usually when you patent something, you got to give up the ingredients to what you're doing. Right. Becomes dangerous. Because once somebody get that patent, they can do everything you're doing. Or they know all the ingredients you're using. Right. Nice. And once they can do what you do, you're no longer needed. Right. If somebody could do what you're doing just as good as you with your own stuff. <laughs> as yeah. I'm quite sure when you listen to Designer and Future right now. You right. know? Absolutely. He's looking like, wait up. And you know, this dude got the amazing hit right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Using all of his ingredients. Yeah, so you yeah. have to be, it, you know, that's where, you know, record collecting became key. Because mm -hmm. that's where digging in the craze come from. We dig for the rarest sounds. Man. Nice. We dig for the rarest obscure drums. Right. Like when you get some digging shit, it was just like, yo. Yeah, you Bro, like I man, listen. When I came in the game, man, um, you know I was mentored by uh, K Def, so mm -hmm. K Def put me on to digging. You know what I'm saying? And, and really, you know, learning the culture and learning how to really look for things that that no one else has. You know what I'm saying? He would have versions of records. You know, it might be a popular song, but he got this this Chinese I version that was found. You know, in one record store. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. I, I totally, I totally get that, man. And, you know, I, I'm really glad that, you know, uh, DITC is still around, man, and still still making sure that people know what that's about because... It, it gets it gets complicated because everybody feels once you get some hardware, you get a few drum kits, you get right. some synthetic sounds, you're a producer mm -hmm. because they just make it look that way, mm -hmm. you know? We made things look easy, but they weren't easy. Right. You know, they go, this is easy. I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to be like them until you get and go, whoa, this is, wait, he did all that? You know, because you dissecting what a person did with the music, and you could kind of look at everything a person did and go, wow, that's, that's deep. So you knew your appreciation from that producer just just went up like four levels. You know, these dudes right now, they hit a couple of notes, and some percussion and this is it you know that's this is it you know it's like add water and mix you know nice nice right it's, it's nothing really to it and the more they make that seem like this the way they they get you to think that it's not about the culture of music they feel anybody can make a hit you got the right push you got the right people behind you you do the right collabs right. You, know, you could be a star they they trying to get you to skip around the hard work right right mm -hmm. Which is why everything sounds the same right now. There's nothing original. It's not evolving. Exactly. Saying, it's evolving. Evolving is when you make it more original stuff than recycled stuff. Right, man. You're absolutely that's right. That's just not it right now. And, and it's hard for me to really talk about this thing because when I talk about it, it seems like, yo, y'all old dudes always. And it's like, nah, man. We came from a... A era where the bar was set high, man. Right. Absolutely, man. Nah, yeah, nah. You needed a space shuttle to take a glimpse at how how hard a bar was set. Right. It was just so incredible for you to get in that your appreciation factor was like, wow, I made it. I don't want to let these people down. I'm gonna keep doing dope stuff. Right. And you was like, you was successful by design. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the word I want to say by design. Yeah. Because, nice. Um. If something happened right now, you know what's your formula by design. You right. know, okay, right. let me go shop for my records. Let me go do this. Let me go do that. I have a formula. Right. It's mm -hmm. by design. So if I come off with a hit and it was by design, I can create another one. Absolutely. No, that's that that's that's real, man. Yep. When you're not doing it by design, you just doing it like lottery. Roll of the dice. Throw mud at the wall. Yeah. Yo, it's an explosion. This is the greatest thing. Okay, do it again. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I know. I gotta fake it and roll the dice again. Right. 
No doubt, man. And also, having a formula and a signature and knowing what your formula is, you can always you can always create something else. Right. Nice. It's, you know, that you can look at uh, producers such as um, Pharrell. He changes up. Yeah. That's All true. the time. Yeah. And been doing it for, you know, 15, 20 years, man. Like, but he knows what his formula is. Right, right. Exactly. You know, he came with I'm happy. That ain't nothing like what he did for the clips, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think you know, it... I think, you know, one of the first albums he played for me, you know, I remember he was playing me Kalisa album, my first album. And I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. Yes, classic, for sure. I just think they ain't know how to market it right. Right, right, right. He has so many joints that could have been in soundtracks and different joints, but they ain't market it right. Right. When it came out, it just felt like, yeah, because they didn't do it right. Right. You know, I still can listen to that album, but like I said, it's about having a formula. It's about... No, it's even about knowing what demographics are you after. Right. Yeah. Yes. I tell people all the time, who are you making this music for? Yeah. Well, you know, and it's always what's currently going on. Okay, it, it's currently going on, but if you had to work with other people, can you change? Can can you adapt? Right. Most people can. Yeah. Most they can look. Everybody can look in traits. That's easy. You know, right? Everybody can act like they swim until you take that life preserver off of them. You know? Yeah, we talk about then that a lot too. Different. Yeah. So you know, so what's your so what's your take on like the the whole uh, music streaming and download side of it? You know what I'm saying? Um, Brian was telling me that uh, the last uh, yeah the the because uh, you know I follow you guys the ITC heavy mm-hmm. and even yourself, uh, Lord Furness. So I was just curious about. Uh, how you all felt about how music is put out now because I noticed with the DITC project I believe you have to order that project I think I um... yeah I mean we're gonna go digital we just tweaking some things okay. and doing something okay. Okay. to make it different nice I, um I just believe um I believe all that stuff is like a scam you know and I'm gonna break it down to you why I feel it's a scam okay. <laughs> you know um when we signed our deals we could say 80s, 90s, different deals we signed. Right. You know, when you do a deal, and this is where it gets deep. When you do a deal, you have a lawyer. Your lawyer is there to negotiate the contract and make sure the numbers is right. Right. Contract, make sure your numbers is right. Now, at the time, the three formats was vinyl, CD, and cassette. Mm. So that's when he's making sure your numbers is right. Right. So if the label just say, well, we're going to give you 14 points. Let's just, I'm just going to break down numbers. If you say 14 points, okay, then you know your 14 points was for your, you know, for your uh, vinyl, your CD, and your cassette. Right. Now, let's say vinyl at the time was $7 a record retail price. Right. You know? Now you know off of that, if you chime times 14 times 7, you get 98 cents. Right. Okay. So you know off of each record, you get 98 cents. And off the other formats, that 14% applies to whatever the retail price is. Okay. Right. Okay. So now we got solid numbers. You know what you're getting paid for. Right. Come with the internet now. Uh, YouTube. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. Pandora, right? You know, iTunes, all these different new streams, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, you know, if you go and fight and go to a label and go, yo, man, you don't have permission to put it out on that because these streams wasn't created yet. Gotcha. So. If I was signing a deal with you, those streams would be negotiated. Hmm. I see. Right. So now if you go and say, well, we have the right to put out any stream on any platform, they might, that might be in your contract. The key is, is what numbers are being applied to those streams? Right. We ain't a to no numbers. Yeah. Didn't know the numbers because they didn't even exist at that time. And 
And so he, how are you paying me? Right, 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 right. How, what? Arbitrarily. So, yeah. Who agreed to these numbers? Yeah. Okay, you have the right to release these formats. Great. But those numbers ain't right because I ain't agreed to them. Right. Yeah, and so that's what artists don't understand. What numbers? How did they make these numbers? And right. that's why I say streaming, that's a scam to me. Right. Hmm. Nah. Because they ain't telling you how these numbers was created. Exactly. But you're going along with it. Yeah, and, and the crazy part is, you know, we've been researching and really trying to get to the bottom of it. There's really no no real rules <laughs> rules to it yet. So it's like they're just throwing it out there, man. And, and, and you're right, man. There's so many people are missing out on it. I tell people why it's so important is because it's not just for the now. It's for the future. When you're dead and gone and these records are still being done with that, your family eats off of that. Right. So, you know, it's very important. Let's get these numbers right. Right. So I know I'm good and my family going to be good. It's just like when people go in there with that I don't care motto, it's just it's just, it's just silly, man. It, and it only happens to the artists that don't care because when you you can look up when, when um, Apple touched Eminem's music, you know, iTunes, they fix that quick. Yeah, yeah. You put up a lawsuit quick. Hey, I ain't agree to this. Right, Take exactly. Take that down. Commercial. Get that. Yep. You know, Taylor Swift, all them type of people. See, they... when you, you're saying them big names right. that's associated with big numbers. That's right. That's Since right. it's not with big numbers, people think it doesn't matter. It does matter. Right. We could change the whole scope. People can really get paid. Like, it's time to stop devaluing music, man. Uh, that, that 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 is a great uh, segue. So I know we, we've been taking up some time, but that's a great segue to what I want to ask you about. Uh, we talk about devaluing music a lot on this podcast, and it's, it's in terms of nowadays in hip hop in particular, a lot of music is given away for free. Right. And you know we have debates, and I have some strong feelings about that. I, I wanted to know your opinion of it, uh, being that you know a lot of artists put put out mixtapes, and and I know you know we uh, heard about the whole issue with. A lot of uh, younger artists, like a Mac Miller, for example, when it was that issue, and I know you did a song with Joey Badass as well, and that was pretty dope. Um, uh, how do you feel about? Do you think that's a devaluation when so much music is given out for free? I mean, I understand when being a new artist. Yeah, because um, people don't understand. A lot of times, a lot of things are given away so they could get paid in other formats. Right. Exactly. Like they'll go out and get the. Like I know yeah, for a fact. Yeah, they go out and get the shows. They get the shows. They get to doing other. popular, and mm-hmm. then now they sell a merch. Right. Exactly, man. And they use the music as a stepping stone to go into these other formats. Right. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um. I just think you have to understand what you're getting into. Right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And I. Uh, you know, I, of course I can't talk about the case. Yeah, but, for sure. But um, people didn't understand the case, you know? And people looked at what was put out there, what was advertised. Right. Smart well, people did research. Yeah, no, nah, I'm going to tell you, man, more people... Other people went off of what they heard. Right. Like, it was easy for me to defend myself because right. it was just like, okay, you come up to me and you want to debate, okay, what do you know versus what you heard? Right. You right. can't debate with me with no hearsay. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you coming at me and you saying that's messed up, but you don't even know what's messed up. Right. Your facts is all wrong. Right. My grandmother always taught me it's three sides to a story. It's their side, it's my side, and it's the truth. Yep. Mm-hmm. You only had one side of the story, and you trying to really go at me with one side of the story, I'm going to make you really look super, uh, really just... just just goofy, right, sloppy, right. because you don't know what you're coming at me with. And then as soon as I, I you know, I slap you around with the facts, is I'm sorry. Well, I tell you, I, careful, I, you know. Yeah, well, I tell you, man. Like what I'm, what I'm really interested in is like, what could we do as producers? You know, like back in the day when we were part of projects, man, and people didn't have necessary. Protect yourself. Right, right. Protect yourself. Like I don't have no, I don't have no problem with somebody touching my music right it's just when it gets into the financial stages just make sure i'm accommodated that's period. Right. yeah absolutely period if those things are done i have no problem and right. people think things are free nothing is free nothing is absolutely free. Not. content yep. is even worth money right 
you know, so people well the free no, no. You think it's free. You keep going with that goofiness. You know, it was free. Yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah. You know, if it was free it wouldn't be no problem. Yeah, I think, know, I, think... But, um, I think you have to protect yourself. Like on my new project, you know, I don't have no problems, but I'm gonna let it be known. Like if you wanna touch my music, it's cool. Just reach out to me. Let's agree on something. I'm not trying to to hope the culture or hope or hope, you know, productivity. Mm-hmm. Let's just get the business right. Right. And then you can rock on. Now, if you touch my music and it's that disclaimer, like, look, man, if I have to go out and find you, right. When I see you, I'm taking everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because if people notice it was a it was a case with um Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Okay. When they did their joint, Deja Vu, their biggest record. Mm-hmm. Touch a Steely Dan record. Oh, yeah. No permission. You know? Right. It was, it was hot. Yeah. Oh, Steely Dan took over a hundred-something thousand and a hundred percent of the publishing. Right. Crazy. You know? Like, it, it has to be consequences sometime to what's going well most of the time to what's going on like you know if it's a lack of education then that's cool but as soon as you're educated take care of the situation absolutely don't don't look out here and you know people uh you know when people get in the public you know they they paint this story or they do this picture and they justify because the public is favoritism, you know, they favor him with their hearing. Right. They yeah. don't really know the actual facts. Right. Yeah. So they're favorite in the eye of opinion, public opinion. Right. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's a good game. And we definitely know that, that, that you are, you are a legend. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a honor and a, and a privilege to be talking to you. Last question. Um, you know, we, we were talking about working with up and coming artists. And, I, you know, the song you did with Joy Badass, for example, was dope. I would love to see you working with you know a lot of these younger artists because if you listen to your stuff today, it's still as dope as it was you know years ago. So what I is- would love to work with certain artists. I mean, that that would go without you know me personally. I would love to do a song with Joey Badass. I mean, I, I like him that much. Where I would do that, I wouldn't work with all these new artists. You know, right? It, it has to be some type of a parallel where it it i appreciate what you're doing you know it's a respect factor you know everybody calls me to do a verse on it i don't want to just do a verse on anybody's stuff it ain't to me i'm in that art zone right now it ain't really about money right but if you force me i'm gonna charge you so much that it will be about money but i'd rather just work with somebody i really want to work with you know right and that's what the problem is people wait until artists get hot you know, and then they want to work with them. Nah, I work with a lot of these artists before they get hot. It ain't that. It's just the potential and the skill set. Right. That matters to me. I got to be able to relate to what you're doing. If I don't relate to it, I can't just work with you. Right. And then I got to ask you, are you, you know, are you looking to do this just to get paid? Or are you looking because you feel you can add to the legacy of what's there already? Right. Nice. Now, if you're saying you just there to get paid, part of me don't want to work with you. Right. Well, shit, 90% of me don't want to work with you. Right. It needs, because it needs, it needs to have purpose. Can, yeah, because you could be brought. Right. If the number's right, you'll do anything because you're here to make a living. You don't stand for nothing. Right. Nice. So you, you have to kind of stand for something when it comes to music with me. It got to be lyrics. It got to be something. I'm not saying you got to be super incredibly lyrical, but you got to be educated and you got to stand for something. And I work with you. It's not. And, you know, when I say I work with you, because people always get that twisted because they don't understand the business part because people always run up on me. Let's work. Like, <laughs> I just got all the time in the world to just do beats for you. <laughs> right. And hopefully get paid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I get people come with with all these crazy ideas. Yo, I got this sci-fi idea. Yo, we're going to go to YouTube. You're going to be a judge. You're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. 
<clears throat> and all I say is, well, what you gonna pay me for my time? Huh? S what? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, that's like, game, man. Everybody got a way to get paid, but they just don't have you in the equation. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you it's know, crazy. it's like, well, okay, if I do this, how am I gonna get paid? It's like, <clears throat> well, when the project come out, we know it's gonna do good. We don't know nothing. My money can't be based on your hustle. Right. Yeah. Can't. And, and speaking of money, before you get out of here, could you t tell everybody about your uh, your limited edition vinyl you just put out and how they can go, go ahead and pick that up and whatever else you're, you're working on now? Oh, man. Um, you can go to my Facebook page. You know, uh, that, how's it? Facebook.com forward slash uh, Law Finesse D-I-T-C. All one word, yep. you know, and it'll come up. Um, the same on Instagram as well, Lord Finesse DITC. Yeah, Lord Finesse DITC. Everything is all connected. Twitter too. Nice, cool. nice. You know, uh, yeah, it's just limited stuff. Uh, anybody that followed anything I did with the slice of spice stuff, it's more of an investment, mm. you know, because it's limited. We on a boutique limited thing. Okay. Nine out of ten, my vinyl prices just go up. They never go backwards. Right. Okay. That's dope. You know, so I did a I did a tour vinyl before, and it was Lord Finesse. You know, I was selling it just on a tour. So if you wasn't, you ain't go to none of the shows. You couldn't get it. Nice. And at nice. the shows, it was a it was a space shape, uh, picture disc. You know, Large Professor remix, and it was only on the tour. It was, you had people coming in there getting three copies, five copies. It was crazy. Yeah, that's dope. That's, that's the tangibles, man. That's the kind of stuff that's missing nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as the tour was over, if you look at it now, that $35 made you $65 because it goes for LA. It's 100 right now. Right. So things like that, it's a marketing strategy. Everything is marketing and promotion right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, we take we take pride in what we do as far as quality, vinyl quality, sonic sound, everything, you know. Right. That, so that's what's out right now. Um it's a remix that uh Premiere did called um uh Keep the Crowd Listening. And it's on like a picture disc is some real artsy type stuff. Nice. Um then you have the the Midas Arrow retro retrospective. Okay. And like all the stuff that I released on vinyl that was never available for CD and digital is now available for CD and digital. Nice. Some people say, well, you're selling the same thing over again. No, I'm not. You know, it's basically for people who like those other formats that ain't get the vinyl. Got you. Oh, and then, you know, you got stuff that was on different different things as such as the picture disc with the premiere remix and such as uh the lost professor and the mirror remixes which is now located on 45s you know since you know people like playing 45s you got that now nice yeah. well it looked dope it looked dope and i you know all our vinyl collectors out there and just you know, people who are fans of you should go and pick that up most definitely yeah no doubt well no, man i definitely appreciate it and you know i always appreciate my followers and supporters i'm 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 blessed to be in the game since 89 was just like 27 years and still still um very relevant to do what i do yeah. and, and respect it and love yeah man you know so i'm 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 just blessed and um i'm working on a new project now nice yes this is a new law finesse project with new rhymes nice. with new beats with new everything my yeah. whole thing about this is just i just hate when people complain and when it comes out you don't support it you right. know right 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 absolutely it's like don't complain if you ain't supporting it. You know, support it. You know, right. if you don't support it, then don't go on my page and put no comments there because right. you ain't buying it. Not buying so it. why am I catering to you if you're not buying nothing? You right. know, <laughs> you're just browsing. You know, but um. Yeah, like late as of late, our hip hop fans, man, are, are behind the ball and supporting. You know, the founders of this thing, man. We always wait until it's too late to try act like something was important. I think that people should should truly you know get a grasp of who you are and what you're doing if they don't know already and uh you know i just want to say thank you man like this is a, a very special you know podcast to have you on here man to speak and give game to to <laughs> us and I'm, and I'm our listeners blessed. i'm just blessed that y'all have me on the show and um 
you know, and and yeah, I like to give my knowledge, you know, what's the sense of having this knowledge or accumulating all this experience from all the mistakes and different things I've been through if I can't have somebody else benefit from it. Amen, brother. You know? Yes, sir. Well, listen, man, thank you very much. We got to yes. get out of here and like, you know, we, we, we will be supporting your next project coming out, man, and uh, we'll we'll be hitting the street soon with this podcast, man, and we'll let you know what's up. And you know, thank you again, man. Yeah, like I said, y'all can shout me. The code word is uh, Lord Finesse D I T C L O R D F I N E S S E D I T C. You can add that on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Apply it to Instagram. I come up and you know, and yo, shout me, follow me. Definitely. Keep in touch. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you, brother. Not a problem. All right. Peace. Peace.